Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Moving Up the Ladder, the show that gives you some knowledge and insight into the world of career advancement, no matter what part of the employment spectrum you fall on. With LocalJobNetwork.com Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Today's show zeroes in on the pros and cons of external hires, especially trying to help employers find that perfect balance between internal talent and outside prospects. A man who's conducted plenty of research in this area is Ph.D. Matthew Bidwell, professor at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School of Business. Professor Bidwell has been kind enough to join us from Pennsylvania. Thanks for talking with us today, Professor. No problem. I guess, first of all, really just to to get into it, to give people an idea of where you're coming from, your knowledge base, experience, just may I briefly describe what you're doing out there and um, the overall experience you've had in the world of employment, management, that kind of thing. Most of my experience is academic, so I did a PhD in industrial relations at MIT, and I've been teaching for about eight years since then, largely around employment topics. I have a little bit of experience of management myself. I spent a couple of years as a management consultant at McKinsey, but you know, to be fair, most of my experience is on the research side, you know, talking to companies about these issues as much mm. as possible, and then running the numbers. I think Business academia is always challenging. I think most people have a sensible feeling of, well, if you're so good at it, why aren't you doing it <laughs> rather than teaching it? Sure. You know, I think our defense is we do something slightly different, which is we dig into the numbers. So we have a little more time on our hands, um, not that it always feels like it, to spend a lot of time just digging through data, trying to find patterns that most people who are actually doing this for a living don't have time to do. So that's what I hope to be able to bring to the table is kind of the analyses of the data. Sure, definitely. No, and I, I think that's cool. I mean, I, I enjoy stats and that kind of thing. And we talk to obviously so many people who are just in the actual business world that you're right, we don't get to see or hear this kind of stuff. So we do appreciate it. I guess then in terms of with your research and, and maybe even just talking with people, what are those kind of initial challenges that employers face when deciding on a candidate, whether it be internal, external, whatever? Um, what are the kind of those, those things that, that they struggle with or that might be a challenge? It's, I mean, the one thing that we know is that hiring people is really hard. Um, you know, there's been a lot of research on this topic over the years showing that the kind of metrics that we use to select people don't do a very good job at predicting who's actually going to be successful in a job. Um, most employers rely on reasonably unstructured interviews, getting a gut feel for a candidate. We know that, you know, although most of us do it, it just doesn't work. And there's a lot of research evidence to back that up. I always think about, I think, George W. Bush going back a little when he first met Vladimir Putin, he kind of said, you know, I, I looked into his eyes and I saw his soul. Um, <laughs> And based on this, he decided that Putin was a great guy. Um, turned out that wasn't a very good call <laughs> for U.S. foreign policy. Um, but unfortunately, I think it's the way that most of us recruit because you know we we have immediate reactions to people, and it's very hard to overcome those. Sure. Um, so you know, I think you know, most of us don't do recruiting terribly well. And I have to say, this is one of the few areas where I do have direct experience. I do my fair share of recruiting of kind of doctoral students, faculty, and so on. Yeah, it's hard to do it systematically because we have so many biases that get in the way. Sure, sure. But even if we're trying to do it as scientifically as possible, the reality is you have very little information to go on. You're trying to predict how somebody's going to do in a job. You have very limited information on what they can do. You kind of know the basic stuff on their resume, but all their experiences, they're spinning in a reasonably positive light. And so, you know, no matter how carefully you do it, it's very hard to go from, well, I kind of know that they've done this in the past to, you know, they have the attributes that will enable them to be successful in this job. 
Well, it's interesting you bring up the idea of not having that much information necessarily in terms of, you know, how are they going to be in this job? So that's why I'm curious why then when a company obviously has employees that are potentially candidates for a new position or a, um, a promotion of some sort, why then do those companies look outside when in theory they'd have more information about their current employees? It's hard to tell. Um, I mean, there, there are a couple of things that are going on. You know, one thing is clearly you don't always have people who are elig- internally who are eligible for the position. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you just have, you know, a job requires a particular set of skills and there's nobody in your organization that has those skills. Maybe in three or four years time when people have developed, they'll have those skills, but they don't have them now and you need a person now. Maybe you're moving into a new area which you just haven't worked in before. Sure. Um, and so you know, I think a lot of the time there are these demands that um, you, know, you, you just can't fill internally you just don't have the people and particularly if the organization's growing it's you know verges on the mathematically impossible to be able to fill all of your positions internally the second issue is more speculative um talking to managers a lot of them sense this is kind of hard to demonstrate which is that knowing a lot about your internal people is a double-edged sword Uh at least as far as your decision making is concerned so it's great for knowing how well they're going to fit a position but you kind of you see the downsides as well as the upsides. When you're hiring externally, you have people who are putting their best foot forward. You know, you see all of the great things about them, the sparkling things on their resume, the great experiences that they claim. You haven't been working for them long enough to know that actually they're not always great at delivering on their commitments and those sorts of things. And so it's possible that can sometimes lead to a bias against the internal candidate. You know, there may be some sort of grass is greener on the other side thing that goes on. But but that's pretty speculative. Sure. Well, no, and I think that makes perfect sense. I mean, um, you know, you look at things like in the sporting world, so to speak, you always feel your team, you know, all the flaws they have, or even think of a relationship, you see the flaws in your significant other and all these other people look like they might be so great. So it, it seems to fit in kind of with the human psyche in general. Not that I'm a psychologist by any means. Yes, I'd like to say, obviously, my wife is perfect. <laughs> Good answer. I'm sure she will be listening at some point. So in terms of looking outside, I mean, would you say this is a more common practice now than it was 20 years ago or 15, 10 years? I mean, when was that shift, if there has been a kind of a big shift with that? It's quite a complicated story in terms of what's changed. Sure. So if you look at small organizations, actually, they've always done a lot of hiring from outside and kind of been pretty open in that way. What's really shifted is the large organizations. They are the ones that used to have much processes that were much more internally oriented, often, you know, helped by formal rules about posting jobs internally, giving preference to internal candidates, giving advantages on seniority and all those sorts of things. And that seems to be what's changed. And that's changed, I think, particularly between about the mid 80s and the late 1990s. There was a big uptick in um, in hiring into large organizations of experienced workers relative to what there was before. So we saw we saw a change around then. It's not absolutely clear what what drove that change. Some of it, strangely enough, I think, has to do with the decline of unions. Um, mm, OK. When I've looked into this topic, there's been a big association between where unions have declined and where we've seen increases in kind of lateral hiring. Sure. And I think that's partly because unions were very good at protecting opportunities for insiders, making sure that employers looked at their own members first. And I think as their powers weakened, 
employers have moved to much more external hiring. Obviously, whether that's actually benefited employers, I think, is a more complicated question. Oh, sure, definitely. And kind of with that, in terms of bring in talent versus trying to promote some within. I mean, what is the, what's seen as the value or what have you come across as the particular value in bringing in someone who, you know, hasn't been inside that organization or maybe brings a you know, different skill set, so to speak? I mean, I think there are, there are two big benefits. One, again, and I think probably the most common is just there's nobody internally. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes you have, sometimes you don't, just don't have the people to fill jobs um, internally. There's also a perception, I think, amongst many um, managers that that bringing in somebody externally brings in not just new skills, but new insights. They can be change agents and all that sort of thing. I'm a little skeptical of that one. I mean, I think the real (laughs) challenge is if you bring somebody in on the basis that they're going to shake the organization up, that's a really challenging role for them. You're bringing somebody in who's new to the organization already and is struggling for them to succeed in a sense, they would need to fit in, but you're tr- telling them we want you to kind of really, you know, push people out of their comfort zone. You're kind of setting people up to fail by that. Um, and so the good thing is people bring in new skills. I think there's this hope they'll change the culture, but I think that's a really hard thing for them to do in practice. And you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier too, but in terms of an advantage that an external candidate might have, um, say, there is a position and they're looking at one internal candidate, one external candidate. Can you point to something based on, again, your research, your your um, communication with people that gives that external candidate a, a certain advantage? I, again, I know you touched on you see them in a better light in general because you don't see the flaws right in front of you. But um, are there any other things that might give them a slight edge or is that something that's kind of hard to quantify? I, don't, I mean, I don't think so. I would actually say it usually goes the other way. Um, mm. the internal candidate has the edge really you know, when they're close. I mean, so one thing that I see um, looking across a couple of different data sets, you know, the people who are getting promoted into the jobs are being promoted earlier in their careers and with less strong resumes than the people who are being hired into the job. If you've got somebody and you know that they're good, in a sense, they don't need as many kind of concrete demonstrations of that ability okay. as somebody from outside. So the outside, and so you know, you can get promoted into a job. I think frequently when you're bringing someone from outside, what you're saying is, I want to know that you've done this job somewhere else. Right. So I'm kind of bringing you in, in a sense, laterally with all of that experience, whereas I'm prepared to promote somebody without experience in that exact role because I know more about them. Sure. So when push comes to shove, I think really it's the internal candidates who have the edge. Um, and it turns out that's the right call for organizations to make. Good. Um, I mean, that's good insight because obviously when we talk about that, there seems to have been a pretty large shift. It doesn't always happen because that that's necessarily the right way to go. So with that in mind, for an employer, when we're talking about hiring outside talent, bringing them in, um, let's talk about some of the negatives. For example, a lot of what you mentioned about had to do with the employer having to pay those people more. Can you give us some of the, the numbers and the, the thoughts behind that? Yeah, so I, I did a study looking at an investment bank and I kind of I looked at a couple of other organizations as well and found roughly similar things. So the organization I looked at, the people who are being hired from the outside into jobs were being paid um, around 18% more than people who are being promoted into the equivalent position. So they're a lot more expensive. Um, this proved particularly ironic because I also found they're actually performing worse <laughs> than those people who are being promoted and paid a lot less than them. 
yeah, there's an interesting question as to why on earth employers would do that. Um, yeah, I think there are a couple of reasons. One, and I think an important one, is this idea that actually you're prepared to promote people who don't have such glittering resumes because you know more about them. Right. And the fact they don't have those glittering resumes means that um, it's harder for them to get jobs elsewhere. And so you know, it's harder for them to bid up their wages. You're going When you bring somebody in from outside, like I say, often you want to see they've done that job in another organization. That means they have more years of experience. They have kind of more seniority accrued. You need to pay them more to bring them in than somebody who's fresh to that role, that fresh to that role person who's coming in from inside. And so, you know, what I see is that people who are being hired into jobs have better resumes in terms of things like experience and education. And as an employer, you have to pay for that. When your promotes don't have such great resumes, you can pay them less. I think the other issue is, you know, if you're going after somebody who's doing well in another organization, which is probably ideally what you would like, it's a big risk for them to move. You know, I said people don't perform as well when they move jobs. Um, there's a bunch of evidence on that. Given that, you know, why would I move jobs? Um, why would I move firms and take this risk? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you're going to have to pay me to take that risk. Um, and so people tend to get a pay bump on moving jobs. And you know, ultimately, the employer has to pay that to encourage somebody to take that risk. Sure. And you kind of touched on this a little bit too, in that you know the research shows for what you've done that at least initially, and I, I believe you, it was within a couple of years even that the performance is lower from these external hires. And I guess to explain a little bit why that would be in terms of I mean, from what I've read, in terms of it's the the training aspect, just the learning the functions of a new company, the people, that kind of thing. I mean, can you elaborate a little bit on why they struggle, especially coming in uh, in those first couple of years? Yeah. Um, so. I can give you my guesses, I guess. I mean, what I what I see is that they struggle. Sure. Um, that for the first two years, they have you know, significantly lower performance valuations than the people who um, the people who are promoted into the job. After two years, they have similar performance valuations. So I don't think it's that they're inherently less able. I think that it's that they've got a lot to learn. Right. And it's interesting when you talk to people about, you know, what could be going on here? It's clearly not that they're just learning where the photocopier is and you know, how to file their expenses and those sorts of things, because you know, that stuff you're going to pick up in a week. The interesting question is, what could it be that takes so much longer to learn? When I talk to managers in this position, I think a lot of them wave around the word culture. Mm -hmm. And we're never quite sure what culture means, but it is a sense of, how to get things done in this organization, you know, what tend to be the processes that we follow, particularly who do I need to influence, who do I need to work with. You know, I suspect a lot of this is also just building relationships that starting to develop the trust and the kind of the back and forth with particular people who are necessary for getting your work done. That takes time. People who have already been in the organization, have those relationships, understand the organization. Mm -hmm. People who haven't don't. And so when you talk to people about moving jobs, you, kind of say, you ask how long did it take to become fully effective? You know, a lot of them give an answer of between one and six months. And then when you kind of keep pushing and saying, you know, other people take longer, they're like, okay, well, I said six months, but, you know, to be honest, I've been here a year and a half <laughs> and I probably still, you know, I'm not in a position where I was, I'm as comfortable understanding this organization as I was in my last firm, and I really understand what goes on around here. So it seems to take quite a long time. And there's other evidence. There's a nice study by a guy called Boris Groisberg at Harvard where he looked at investment analysts, basically tell companies whether to um, 
buy or sell stock. Mm. One of the nice things about them is they're rated externally. So there's a magazine that basically says each year, you know, who are the best in this area based on recommendations from their clients. And he found that when these analysts move firms, again, it took them about two years to restore, the, you know, to return to their prior status in terms of how well, well they were perceived. And so we see these kind of figures in a variety of places that when you move it, it takes a surprisingly long time to learn really how to be as effective in your new organization as you were before, or to learn how to be as effective as those people who spent quite a long time in the firm. And with you, you know, discussing kind of that aspect of it, obviously, um, in terms of hiring from within and and employers considering that type of thing, I guess what what would you point to as why it is so important? I mean, whether it be short term, long term, just what are some of those key parts to it that it's it really is vital for employers to be looking from within, provided they have candidates that you know can fit the bill. I mean, I think it's pretty. S- Simple. I mean, in my research, kind of the three things that stand out is it takes a surprisingly long time to get new hires up to speed. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't perform as well. And you pay them a lot more. <laughs> um, and the third piece is they also are less likely to stick around. So they quit more frequently. They're fired more frequently. So, okay. yeah, given that it's costly to bring people in the first place, you know, that, that's three strikes against them. Sure. And I mean, and this is something that necessarily can't be, um, you know, you can't put a number to it and... It kind of goes along with those intangible ideas. But in terms of how about improve morale, the idea that within the company, people then feel, okay, there's there's place for growth here. I can move up. I mean, do you see that as having value within trying to keep people you know, in the same company, but moving them to new positions, better positions, that kind of thing? Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, there are, I haven't touched on this, but there are those collateral benefits. So people like to have the sense that there's a career for me here that we promote people internally and there's nothing like seeing that happen to persuade people I have better opportunities here than I do if I move firms Um, and that gets people to stay. And then with the kind of in that same vein obviously when they're looking to fill a position they're going to be if they're looking for external candidates they're going to send out that information you know recruiters all that kind of stuff just and this is more opinion on your part but based on your research and that kind of stuff would you suggest to an employer that they are proactively advertising those positions first to internal candidates to possibly give them an opportunity to, to market themselves better and and um, maybe not be overlooked where possibly the employer just didn't even think that person would have a chance, but upon further review, oh yeah, you might fit in this spot. I mean, what's kind of in your mind the idea there in terms of internally advertising, so to speak? It can't be a bad idea. I mean, I, I, there, there are a couple of kind of complex issues around it. Um, one is I should say, the data that I looked at, almost all of the promotions were kind of within the same unit. Sure. So kind of I move up a step kind of into a high level job within this unit rather than I move into kind of another unit. When people were both promoted and, um, and moved units at the same time, actually, they struggled in their jobs as well. They looked a lot like the hires in terms of how long it took them to become effective. That said, they were an awful lot cheaper than the hires um, <laughs> and they stuck around much longer. So it still worked out being a better bet for the organization to do that. Sure. And that's, to me, that's, I mean, that's kind of the difference between, I mean, in value, right? I mean, in essence, you're getting the same production from an, uh, that you would from an external hire, but at a lower cost. So in, in essence, that's kind of the idea of value, wouldn't that be? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, a, you know, it's not always easy for the workers because they do have to learn these kind of more complex roles. Um, but obviously, they, they like getting promoted. I mean, the other thing that I think is, 
can be complex in a lot of organizations is you know when you have those more complex moves where people aren't just moving directly up but are moving sideways as well often their managers don't want to let them go and so you do have this problem which is as a manager i have one of my best performers and i'm about to lose him to somebody else and that's going to make it harder for me to meet my targets and all those sorts of things and so i think this can be hard to manage in organizations you know partly there's a question of you know how much um how much power do you give managers to say, no, I really need this person, they can't go? Mm-hmm. I think there's also a concern for employees that is sometimes as soon as they let it be known that they're interested in a position in another unit, their manager can kind of peg them as being disloyal okay. with negative impacts on their careers, particularly if they don't actually get the position. So while I think that that kind of lateral and more complex mobility is good for organizations i think it can be tricky to implement in practice sure in essence then with that kind of you know internal marketing um maybe that's something that's more you're picking out individuals to kind of mention it too as opposed to putting it out there and i mean you might even create a a negative competition type thing i guess that's what i could see possibly happening i mean would you suggest it be more on an, an individual level as opposed to a broad hey we're looking for somebody for these spots I mean, the problem with doing it on an individual level is it often gets restricted to a pretty narrow network. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't often, you don't go looking as far as you can because you just kind of sit there and say, you know, who are the three people that I know? You know, I think there are benefits to advertising it. I think the broader issue is that you need to think about kind of the culture of the organization sure. and how it thinks about these mobility issues. I mean, I think kind of, you know, alongside, talk briefly about companies do more external hiring than they used to. Alongside that has obviously been a shift in the influence of HR versus frontline managers. So it's gone to some extent from the organization owns the people to the managers own the people and make the kind of key hiring decisions. And so I think how you balance kind of, you know, enabling the frontline managers to build and maintain the resources they need to get their job done with helping the organization build a more efficient staffing system that makes use of all the people in the organization. How you balance that, I think, is something that's really critical if you're going to make some of this kind of, you know, do better sourcing internally. Sure. Looking to kind of wrap it up, so to speak, and, and put a bow on it, um, in terms of with with your research and people you've talked with, um, you know, different things you've looked at, I guess how would you kind of be able to summarize the what you found, what's successful, um, especially long-term? I know the idea always a lot of times is short-term versus long-term, but in terms of hiring externally versus hiring internally, just that balance, I guess, what would you, if you were in charge of, you know, a bunch of these employers that are going to be making these decisions, what would kind of be your summary to them, your your grand advice in terms of internal, external, and, you know, future success, really? I mean, my research has made me very positive about internal mobility, particularly through promotion compared to external hiring. Um, so, you know, go internal mobility. I think the thing to realize is that that to some extent is a is a long-term program that in order to be able to make that work you have to do things like reduce turnover from the lower levels so you make sure you have a decent pipeline of people coming through and kind of you know a little more long-term planning which is really hard in kind of a, a fast moving environment so yeah, I very much am a believer in internal mobility, but you need to think about how you're kind of retaining and developing people to make that work, if that's the direction you want to go in. Professor, thanks again for giving us your insight. Um, is there a place where people would be able to find some of your work or maybe just, uh, you know, see what else uh, you kind of do? 
Um, so well, I have a website at Wharton. Um, you can, frankly, if you just Google Matthew Bidwell, um, you'll find it and all of my research is up there. All right, great. Well, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Well, that will wrap things up for us here on Moving Up the Ladder. Hopefully, you're able to take away a few valuable nuggets from our conversation with Professor Matthew Bidwell from the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School of Business. And thank you to all the listeners for spending some time with us here. It's always great to hear from you as well, so drop us an email with comments or suggestions at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And wishing you success in all your endeavors, I'm your host, Tim Muma. You've been listening to localjobnetwork.com radio.